much, much more than that. Here we talk about ideas on race and culture, entrepreneurship and streams of income, among other things. So sit back, relax, and and let's let's get get into it. it. Yeah, so welcome Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad that you're here. Today we have a show about restoration, obviously, when we're talking about our Bible verse. And what's our subject today? Our subject, since it is February and it's Black History Month, we're going to bring you a fact. A fact maybe some of you knew. And maybe maybe some some of you you did it. Right, right. I know I didn't know. Right, so (laughs) we're going to get into the Colored Hockey League of the Maritimes. Right. And after that, we are going to talk about our entrepreneurship stream of income today, which is going to be about editing. So stay tuned for that as well. We're going to start out with our Bible verse. And like we have been saying, we're talking about restoration. And I came across this Bible verse. I've read it before, but I felt like I got some insight on it this time. And that is actually John 5, 5 through 8. So John 5. Five through eight. And as always, if you want to read the whole thing, the whole of John you're 5. very welcome. Very welcome to do that. <laughs> so John 5, this is one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? He replied, I added that, but <laughs> I can't, sir, the sick man said. For I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But the miracle happened on the Sabbath. And I actually read to nine. But yes, so I'll say John 5, 5 through 9. A little bit to unpack there. (laughs) Right, a lot to unpack. So here is this man who has been sick and... Um, some version says he was lame. Some version said he, I hate using the word, but I'm just for the sake of what they said, it's like he's an invalid. He basically didn't have complete access of all of his limbs, right? So there was this pool in Bethesda, I believe. And every time it bubbled up, it had healing properties. It had healing powers. And it seemed like people would rush to get to this pool and kind of like stand around this pool waiting for it to bubble up. And he, who had been sick for 38 years, 38 years. we don't know if he was 38 years old or he something happened to him. A long time. But it's a long time. A long time to be sitting there and watching everybody else around you get the one thing that you are wanting and waiting for. And he would try... And it seems like people would just like push him to the side or jump in front of him. And I'm not trying to judge the man, but it seems like he sat there and kind of like self-pity a little bit when Jesus asked him, well, do you want to get well? (laughs) And Simple question. A simple question. It's a simple question. I feel like there's so much in that question. It's like, do you, do you want to get well? And instead of saying immediately, yes, he was like, I can't because... I've been sitting here and people keep on jumping in front of me. Excuses. Right, right. Finally, 
he ended up, you know, I guess he said yes. And Jesus immediately healed him. But he had to take an action. He had to take an action. And he had to have faith that it was possible. When thinking about this, when I read it before, I'm like, oh, like it never came across my mind that he didn't, he didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't know That's a good point. who Jesus a good point. was. That's it was just point. this man who came up to him and was like, dude, do you want to get better? Do you want to get well? And like I said, he listened to him, he listened to him and just gave him stand up, pick your mat, walk. And so he had to believe in that moment that healing was possible in order to get healed because if he did not pick up his mat or pick up his bed or pick up different words that they say in the Bible, he wouldn't have gotten healed. He had to do the action. What do you think, John? Action. And he had to believe and not second guess. And along the lines of restoration, I think sometimes we may fall into the trap that, okay, we ask the Lord to do something and we just sit back and wait on the Lord to do something. Or, for instance, we're talking about restoration, waiting to be restored. We, okay, Lord, please restore such and such. And we just sit there and wait. But no, as the verses say, there's an action. The Lord asks a question, you answer, and you have to do something. And not only that, there was a risk involved. Because after he picked up his mat, the people, from the Jewish leaders actually said, like, he was going against Jewish law. And that could have caused him to be stoned. So he picked up his mat. Just picking up his mat and getting healed was taking a risk. So he had to have faith and he took a risk in doing what he did in order to be healed. And I think about sometimes in modern day or in our lives and like maybe with certain like illnesses and we say, oh, it's been in the family for years and you know, I can't, I can't avoid it or whatever. But Maybe some of that might be true, but also there are occasions when you take action and you work towards getting better. And you know what? That could be a risk because you may say, oh, you know what? I'm going to a mostly vegan lifestyle like we have, right? But people around you are like, well, why can't you eat chicken? Like, that's weird. Why are you, you know, there's a risk involved. People may not understand or they may make fun of you, but there's an action. And I just felt like with restoration, some, it's all good to be like, okay, God restores, like, like John B was saying, but there are times when God is calling us to have great faith. Faith and we have to do something. Right. While we're waiting, we have right. the faith, but we have to do something in right. the meantime. Right. In order to get that thing. So that is our Bible verse for today. It is John 5, 5 through 9, since I added the one more verse. It's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and I uh, hope you enjoyed. And we hope that you actually go and you look at the story yourself and maybe even look at the whole chapter. Right, right. Hopefully you do that. And like we said in the opening, this is February. This is Black History Month. Yes, so we wanted to is. come with a Black History Month fact. Right. Like we said, maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't know. We had no idea. Just thinking back to you growing up, Black History Month, you know, it's 28 days. Some days, 29 days. <laughs> but usually they talk about the same things, the same people. Which is all good. Which is like, all good. It's, it's good all good. It's good to know about those people. But black history 
is like so vast, whether it's in the U.S., whether it's in Canada, wherever. Every single war that America has had, black people have been involved. Like there's so much history. It is so rich. And a lot of it has either been hidden or forgotten or I don't know what the case has been, but I'm so glad that more and more information and truth and history is coming out. Internet researchers out there doing their thing. And I believe, not even I believe, this is one of the hidden (laughs) things thrown under the rug, whatever you want to call it, the colored hockey league of the Maritimes. My goodness. You said hockey? Exactly. Hockey. Yeah, I said hockey and I said Black History Month. A lot of people may think that doesn't mix. I know we're in 2021, but if you go back a time, it's stereotypical that it's a white person's sport. White people invented this sport. Black people, had no they don't want to be in the cold. They don't know how to ice skate, all these things. But come to find out, mm-hmm. like we were saying, the colored hockey lead of the Maritimes, right. 1895. 1895. To 1930, this league was in place. And like I said, and it was a vibrant league. A vibrant league. And for some of you that don't know, hockey you see now, the National Hockey League, NHL. the NHL was not formed until 1917. So if you do the math, there was a little time span that this league was here performing, doing their thing before the National Hockey League even came into play. And I know that most people that listen to this probably didn't know this information. I mean, I was blown away when I heard that there was a colored hockey league in Canada before the NHL. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It was founded, like I said, in 1895 by four black Baptist leaders. Very interesting. Four black Baptist leaders. James Borden, James Robinson Johnson, James A.R. Kidney. A lot of James. Yes. And Henry <laughs> Sylvester okay. Williams founded this league. And doing the research, it's funny, I believe, Darling B, that they're saying that this it was like a church league. Yeah. It was a way to like evangelize and get the black people and black men, black men in Nova Scotia right. to come to church. And they agreed to do that if there was a game after between rival churches. So that's how the league really started. Right. And they also used it as a way because they felt that through sports, they could elevate their status in the Nova Scotia area. Right, and like I said, it was a, a vibrant league, a vibrant league. And if you look it up yourself, as we're going to explain, there are a lot of things that <laughs> you see now in the National Hockey League can be attributed to the Colored Hockey League of the Maritimes. Which is really interesting because there are a lot of historians or there are a lot of facts out there that say certain people created this move in hockey, coming to find out that that move was already made. Right, right. For instance, for those hockey buffs out there, you want to talk about the slap shot. The slap shot was actually, when you do the research, performed in this league back in 1906 by Eddie Martin. But if you do, I like to say you do revisionist history or you just block out the history before the NHL came into play, the slap shot is actually credited to Bernie Giafurian. In the late 40s and 50s, he said he invented it when he was playing junior hockey league. Or he said he saw somebody. He saw somebody do it and he took credit for inventing it. Now, like I said, the late 40s and 50s, the Colored Hockey League started in 1895. 
And I believe, like I said, in 1906, this was before Bernie was even born. I think he was born in like in 1913 or something, something like that. But that's just one instance. So just unfortunately, there's some things that are attributed to, I guess, people, white people that may have been invented by black people and we don't hear about it. That's just one thing, the slap shot. Well, what about what about goaltending? Another thing, a goaltending. Now, over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years, goaltending has evolved. But it goes back to the Colored Hockey League. It was the first league that allowed the goalies to leave their feet. So basically, goalies were in the upright position. And then in the Colored Hockey League, they were allowed to leave their feet go down. And it's called the butterfly move, the butterfly style of hockey. It, like I said, it's evolved over the years. But once again, if you look at history, look things up. If you go and look up butterfly style goaltending, Glenn Hall in the 50s is attributed to this style of goaltending. But like I said, it goes back to the 18, excuse me, late 1800s in the Colored Hockey League that this first happened. Or it was first seen. First seen. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy. Like when we're doing the research, the thing is like, how many other things, this is just hockey, how many it's other hockey. things <laughs> have black people done? or not been credited for, but we see now, and we see it flourish, we see it be even more developed, but not, but black people aren't getting the credit that they deserve for inventing these things. Right, but you know, I'm so grateful that through, whether it's social media, or having internet, or all of that, all of this information is coming out, and it's being revealed. Yes, it's a good thing, and even going back, like Darling B was saying earlier, this league flourished at the height there was 400 players or over 400 players in this league. Was it 12, 12 teams? About 12 teams okay. at the height of this league. I mean, it went around playing, barnstorming. This was not just a little league, but this is a legitimate league. Right. We want you to understand that, yeah, this was not, and I hate you saying it too, but like some Chitlin Circuit League, okay? This was a, a vibrant, exciting league that actually had, there are times that had more people watching these games than even the white leagues that were out there. And so there's even report that they had once 1,200 attendees come and watch the championship. So 1,200 people. people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And going back, talking about giving credit, I was remiss not to mention that the goaltender was Henry Franklin of the Dartmouth Jubilees. Okay. Dartmouth Jubilees. Okay. I am so happy to know like this information is out there. I'm flabbergasted because for so many years, black people have been kind of blocked out of hockey to some degree. And the few black people that have been able to play in the hockey league, they have been harassed. They have been made to feel like they don't belong there as if they were foreign to this game. Right. And to this day, I mean, this is 2021. You can look back last year, a couple years ago, stories of bananas being thrown on ice, still racial slurs. I mean, things have changed a little bit as as far as the rules and regulations and the penalties of being racially harassed on the ice, fines and suspensions. Right. Going back to this league fostered dreams of black Canadian to play this game of hockey. And just before we even move on, people are probably like, black people? In Halifax, Nova Scotia. Like, where are these black people coming from? Well, the Underground Railroad. These were the children, grandchildren of runaway slaves from the United States who escaped through the Underground Railroad to go up to Canada to freedom. Yeah, that's a 
very interesting tidbit of information. There's so much when we do research and just look things up, there's so much stuff out there, so much information out there now that most of us, your certain age, you didn't hear about. You right. didn't hear about. Right, right. What I'm hoping is as this information comes out, it will give the younger generations a sense of pride and a sense of identity. Right, and just going back to talking about Black History Month and we're sticking on the sport of hockey. Right. It's going on to the first black hockey player. Willie O'Ree. Willie O'Ree. Yeah. Yes, in 1958, he was the first black player in the NHL. Right. In 1958. 1958. And so. remember, <laughs> I'm sorry, Donna, remember the NHL started, was founded in 1917. So do the math. Wow. Do the math. Wow. Over wow. 40 years. And we knew there were the other leagues. So there were really proficient black ice skaters and players right so it took that long over 40 years like i said he was the first black player he had a 21 year pro career that ended in 1979 he became a hall of famer in 2018 he ended in 1979 and it was 2018 that's when he became a Hall of Famer, exactly. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> in 2018. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing about <laughs> him, he you say four years ago? Yeah, three, four years ago. Yes, right. yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I mean, some of you, maybe we have some hockey buffs out there. So, oh, well, Willie O'Ree, he didn't play that long. He only played X amount of games, but he was a pioneer. There's he had a 20-year career. Right, a professional, pro career. yeah, pro career. So regardless, he wasn't in the NHL. He was still getting paid. He was a professional hockey player, I think, till he was 43 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be said. And he broke the color barriers. A lot of people call him the Jackie Robinson of the NHL. Right, which because which rightfully so. Right, rightfully so, because he had to undergo a lot of harassment and abuse. And he did his best to do it quietly, I guess, or I guess endure it. Because he understood the magnitude of his position. Right. And just going back to we were saying about the harassment of even 2021 of players getting harassed. And now there's more fines, more restrictions. I shouldn't say restrictions. Being disciplined for doing stuff like that. It wasn't until 1998. So about 10 years, almost 10 years after he retired from professional hockey, the NHL invited him or asked if he wanted to be the NHL diversity ambassador. So he is that to this day, I believe. So from 1998. So from 1998 till now, I'm sure he's helped spearhead a lot of changes in the National Hockey League to be an ambassador to get more people that not necessarily white to play hockey. And we want to give people their flowers while they're still alive. Willie O'Ree is 85 and looking amazing. Yes. As a matter of fact, he just came out with his own memoir called Willie. So we're really excited to read that. We'll be getting that very soon. Yeah. And just like even the time frame of things may be getting better. Just look back at history. Like I said, he had a 21 year pro career, right? So he stopped playing, I believe. In the National Hockey League, I believe in 1960, 1961. Then the next black player in the National Hockey League, Mike Marson, was until 1974. So it was about 13, 14 years for another black player. And then on top of that, these are Canadian blacks. Now it wasn't until 1977 that the first black American player, Val James, was in the National Hockey League. So that's 43 years ago. I mean, there's a lot of between 77 and now 43, 44 years is how things have evolved, but is it how fast is the pace? It seems like it's still as a slow pace. Right. 
there's still a ways to go, but there's progress. There's progress is being made. I just thought those were interesting tidbits. Also, progress with, I think the Boston Bruins are going to retire his number 22 jersey. Yes. And people are calling for the entire NHL to retire the number 22, and that's taking a while. And we hope that the NHL does. I think that this man deserves his number to be retired and for him to be remembered. And I hope they do it while he's still alive. And he's 85 right now. Right. So Bruins were going to do it this year, I believe they said. Right. But I don't know, because of COVID, yeah. they want people to be in the stands. So but we just pray that he's be around so that, like Don B said, he can get his flowers while he's still alive. Right. But what they did do as, I guess, a gesture is they had a black designer and a team. I think there's actually even a black hockey player. Is Simmons a black hockey player? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But anyway, of people come up with hockey skates with Willie's face and images of him and the year that he's been in the league and all of that on there. So certain players will be wearing those skates and i mean they look amazing and those just came out right so i think they're trying to start to get the word out show that recognize him even more recognize the achievements of not only him but other black hockey players and trying to do it for him now while he's still alive which is a beautiful thing right (laughs) we actually did have our stream of income that we were gonna do yeah we did we did so we might have to bring that to you yeah in the next one in the next one but like i said with so much information about this we just hope that it came across as informational and educational when we saw this when we read about these things we couldn't believe it it's like wow i mean yeah at a certain point it may be your responsibility to get adulthood to read up about this information but just thinking back to when you're a child is like you don't hear these things yeah. and that's why you look oh my goodness this happened what even me growing up and knowing about hockey going to a hockey game when i was a child and never even knowing about willie o'ree never even hearing about right. willie o'ree myself so this is news i even shared it with my brother who is pretty much an avid hockey lover and he was like what there was a league beforehand right i'm sure many people once they hear this will feel the same way as like what i never heard that and then the question goes why haven't i heard that that's a good question why haven't we heard this but with technology and internet and people bringing these things to light hear more and more about it i mean even just thinking back now that there was a film back in 2016 called soul on ice Mm. and it talked about the colored hockey league of maritime which i i never heard of myself right and that was damon kwame yeah he wrote it produced it directed it so i guess we just have to take it upon ourselves sometimes to do the research and find out this information because it's out there there's bits and bits out there right and i have to credit my friend louise because she's the one that actually brought it to me she saw on tv that canada post was commemorating the chl with this stamp and she's the one that told me about it right it was stamp of the 1906 champions the halifax eurekas okay i didn't know okay yes So we hope that you enjoyed. We hope that you got some information about this and that you'd be proud. Like, yeah, there was a there was a colored hockey league out there. We thank you. We thank you for hanging with us. Yes. And listening. But before we go, we're going to close out in prayer. Yes. You want to start? I'll start. Oh, Father God, we come before you now. We thank you for this time you give us to fellowship, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for downloading this information. Yes, 
Father God, to us so that we can share, Father God, with our listeners, Father God. And we just pray, Father God, as your word goes before us, Father God, that it'll be a blessing not only to us, but a blessing to those who, Father God, will be listening now, yes. who will be listening in the future, Father God. And we just thank you, Father God, for this time. We thank you, Father God, for this information. We thank you, Father God, for using us to be a vessel to put this yes. information out there for people, Father God. And we just pray, Father God, that. Not only your blessings, your covering, your protection be upon us, Father God, but your blessing, covering, and protection be upon those who will be listening now and in the future, Father God. And we just thank you, Father God, for once again for this time, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the listeners, Father God, and we just continue to give you honor and praise you, Father God. And Lord, we thank you for our listeners. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for just what you're doing, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for your revealing. We thank you for your restoration that you're bestowing upon your people, Lord. And we just ask that those who are listening, Lord, restore them, Lord. Whatever it is, Father God, that they are desiring or seeking or hoping for, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you come and you intervene into their situations, Lord. Lord, we love you. We honor you. You are wonderful. You are mighty. You are Jehovah, everything that we need. And we love you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Once again, we thank you for hanging with us, yes. listening with us. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube at BNB Reuse It. And on Instagram at BNB Reuse It. Also, don't forget to check our website out at www.bnbreviewsit.com. Yes, and we just thank you once again for being with us, hanging with us. Take care. John B. Okay.